You're listening to audio from The Village Church, a community that's formed by the gospel and sent on God's mission, gathering weekly in the heart of downtown Hamilton, Ohio. For more information about The Village or to connect with us, you can find us online at myvillagechurch.com. Today, the focal passage is going to be Acts 14, verses 21 through 28. If you want to turn there now in your Bible or follow along on the screen. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Antilla. And from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work they had fulfilled. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how they had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained no little time with the disciples. This is the word of the Lord. You all can be dismissed. Any children here can be dismissed through their classes. Good morning. Good to see you all this morning. My name's Adam, and I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, This morning, things are going to look a little bit different. We are taking a brief pause from our series in Colossians. I'm excited to get to uh, set up and spotlight Uh, our Global Go partnerships and the work that God is doing through the local churches there. Uh, So just to set some expectations a little bit how it's going to go this morning, there's going to be a lot of movement. I'm going to speak for just a few minutes uh, to help set up, set things up. Then we're going to invite some other folks to give you some details around like boots on the ground and what's happening uh, with some churches and the activities there in Guatemala. We're also going to invite some folks up a little bit later that, that we're actually on the last trip to get to share uh, their personal experiences and testimonies as well. Sound good? Pray with me and then we'll jump in. God, thanks for the gift of your church. Thanks for opportunities to just come to gather, to lift your name up above all names, to be reminded of uh, the greatest hope that we have and the greatest hope for the world. And God, would you Allow that to sink deep into our hearts. Allow that to change us from the inside out and allow us to take that good news into a world that so desperately needs it. God, as we focus on uh, missions, uh, global missions this morning, would you just remind each and every one of us that are in Jesus, that have been saved by this gospel, that we are missionaries, that we get to herald this good news and bear witness to it in every day of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Going to jump right in this morning. Uh, The main idea is, and it should be on the screen, our churches are planted where the gospel takes root. Churches are planted where the gospel takes root. In 2021, I had the opportunity to uh, go on a trip to Guatemala. Uh, It wasn't my first time of traveling internationally, although it had been a minute. As I did the calculation, it had been 22 years. Time flies. Um, Pastor Michael uh, brought a small group together, did a great job of setting expectations for that trip, reinforcing the why, uh, why we were going and what we would be doing when we're there. Maybe more importantly, what we wouldn't be doing uh, when we were there, Uh, along with some general things 
uh, just to help us get prepared. And we met for several weeks, I, I can't recall, maybe even months before, to build community uh, amongst the team, uh, to learn from one another, to grow together, uh, and, and to get prepared to, to go. And then it was time to pack our bags. Uh, we met early in the morning. Uh, we headed to the airport uh, on our way to Guatemala. And we, you know, we encountered you know, very normal frustrations if you travel much, and certainly if you travel internationally, delays at airports. I think, you know, we landed in Guatemala City. There was some mix-up with our hotel. We had to just sit around for several hours, and who knew if we are going to get a room that night or not, but it all worked out. Um, and then we made our way to a rural, a rural town of Cuilapa. And then after about a 20-minute drive the next day, uh, we got up and went up a mountainside and found ourselves in the village of Los Chilitos. I don't recall what I expected uh, to see when I got there. I tried to reflect on that. I don't remember what I expected to see uh, when we stepped off of our bus uh, and into the church. But what I do remember what I found there was a community formed by the gospel and sent on God's mission. The form looked a little different from what I was used to. Is influenced a little bit by their culture, maybe their setting and their circumstances, but the spirit and the felt presence of the people was very familiar. They gathered to sit under the word that pointed to the saving work of Jesus. They lifted his name up above every name. They prayed and worshiped in songs. They took communion and they served one another. They lived life together they invested in things that would draw others to hear this message and the surrounding homes and villages. They invited their neighbors to share in community and the abundant joy that they found turning from trusting self to trusting Christ's work. And they went out uh, with the spirit and the gospel to call others to Christ and his kingdom. I don't remember what I expected to find when I got there, but what I found was a people formed by the gospel and sent on God's mission. What I found was a local church. That brings me to the first point this morning, and that is the gospel is advancing. Verses 21 and 20 through 23. When they had preached the gospel to that city and it made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Healthy living things experience growth. Growth is a natural and fundamental characteristic of all living organisms. Uh, there are times in an organism's life cycle where, you know, maybe growth would slow down or temporarily even halt, but th and that doesn't necessarily mean imminent death. Uh, there could be influencing factors like their environment, like their access to, to resources like water and other nutrients. Genetics could play a role uh, throughout the life cycle of an organism. However, a prolonged absence of growth especially in combination with some other things like wilting or a loss of color or lack of responsiveness, this may indicate health issues or stress that could lead to decline and eventual death. In our passage uh, this morning, we find that the gospel is being proclaimed and planted and bearing fruit 
from town to town. We see disciples making disciples, strengthening and encouraging each other in the faith and reminding each other to cling to the hope of the one who paid the ultimate price to purchase a people for himself. So our aim uh, with any of the ministries here uh, at the village and certainly Global Go, they're, they're no different. So whether we're talking about community groups and how we talk about those and invest in those or Local Go or Live After Five or any number of activities that we do, all of these, we want to find where God might be already at work and that we can come alongside and partner. It's his work and experience the fruit of the gospel. It is for Christ's glory alone. It's his work, it's his message, and he is the one that will bring the growth. And it's just a joy to be invited into that redemptive work he's already doing and to invest and learn from him and others along the way. We have a very specific emphasis around Global Go, and I have a slide around this as well. And that is to partner with, pray for, and go to Guatemala to partner with, pray for, and go, go to Guatemala. Why, what's the purpose? One is to support, encourage, and strengthen the leaders of a local church. Leaders are focused on equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. It's creating a culture that is rooted in the gospel and training people to take the gospel out to the world. Number two is to learn from a gospel-formed church on mission in a different context. We don't have all the answers and there's a beauty in cross-cultural partnerships and relationships. And so we benefit as a church through these kinds of partnerships. And thirdly, to serve and contribute to the church and community in tangible ways. We get to come alongside and we get to serve and to be an extra set of hands in their context and community. And we do these things to enter into an already advancing gospel to learn, grow, and trust Christ together that he may be known to the ends of the earth. The gospel is advancing and bearing fruit all over the world. And point number two is a people are being formed or a people are formed. Verses 24 through 28. Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word to Perga, they went down to Adaliah, and from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained no little time with the disciples. We organize around all kinds of things these days. Sports teams, music artists or bands, TV shows, movies, video games, books, authors, political ideologies, celebrities, hobbies, interests, you get the idea, and on and on and on. It's almost as if we were built for community that would bring purpose to our lives. I can talk to you for hours about the game of baseball. I could evangelize you and disciple you and maybe even get you one day to love the game like I do. Maybe, maybe not. We've all had the experience of someone sharing their passion of, of someone or something and going to great lengths to convince you of the preeminence or value. 
And now we get online and immediately we find communities and groups that are organized around any number of things, even thousands of things, no matter how normal or out of the norm they may be, you can find people uh, and things that you have in common and that is a gift, what a gift to be able to do that. And yet, in the absence of an ultimate or transcendent good, our little communities on earth seem to do little more than divide rather than unite. In the gospel, we declare and believe that Christ is and has become king. There is a preeminent king and kingdom that all other kingdoms and our little communities on earth will either bow their knee while on earth or ultimately when he returns. There's only one kingdom that will last and we are a people formed and sustained by King Jesus. A quote I heard um, probably over 20 years ago that shaped me around this idea says this, if you are in Christ, you have more in common with an Iraqi, Russian, Saudi, Iranian, Afghani, Guatemalan, insert whatever, Christian than you do with your pagan neighbor. If you are in Christ, you have more in common with an Iraqi Christian than you do with your pagan neighbor. I don't know how that lands on you today. Is your life more shaped by culture and preferences over and above the gospel of Jesus? Have you invested your time and your money and your talents in things that are fading and won't last. Hobbies, interests, passions, these are all great things. When they are subjected to the ultimate lordship of Christ and let him define our communities. The gospel is advancing all over the world and forming us into a people, into a church for his eternal glory. Churches are planted where the gospel takes root. So we're excited uh, this morning to share some details and some updates with you all and how those things that I just talked about, how those things look practically and how they work themselves out here at the village. And then just to invite you into some of those things. And so I wanna first invite uh, Tammy Tucker she wants, uh, she'll come up and give some updates on what is happening uh, at kind of the ground, the grassroots level in Guatemala. Uh, and while she's coming up, we want to play a short Acts 29 video that spotlights the work that's being done in Latin America and specifically Guatemala. <laughs> um, good morning. I am Tammy Tucker, and I have the privilege of serving as the deacon of Global Go here at the Village. And so this morning, I'm excited to give you a little more of a missionary update as the slide is titled. Um, but first, um, kind of just to piggyback off of what Adam was talking about, I just wanted to start out really simply um, by reemphasizing the goal of global missions here at the village. And um, it's pretty basic. We want to obey the call of Mark 16:15, where we're called and invited to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. 
And like Adam alluded to, we primarily do that in Guatemala by praying for our partners and financially supporting our partners and sending volunteers to go each year and, and serve and come alongside that church and learn and grow along with them. Um, so Pastor Adam, he did a great job of really, I think, just helping to shape why we're so passionate about global missions here at the village. Um, but I also wanted to take time to give you guys kind of a picture of what that looks like, who our partners are, and kind of how things play out for them in Guatemala as far as their ministry. Um, so the Village Church primarily supports three partners, and their main goal, their main mission is to advance the local church in Guatemala. And that is Mitch, Amanda, and Lucas Munoz, and they serve in Los Chilitos, which Adam talked about. Uh, Cayetano and Vilma Cardana, and they also serve in Los Chilitos. And then there's Ginder and Noemi Gonzalez, and they serve in Guatemala City currently. So uh, I just kind of want to better introduce you to these global partners and also kind of help you know what's happening in their ministry currently. So to start out, Mitch, Amanda, and Lucas. They have been um, serving as missionaries since 2013. You can go to that next slide if you don't care. Yeah, there they are. <laughs> you can see their picture. You may have even seen them on the Global Go wall back there. But So they've been serving as missionaries since 2013 in Guatemala. And their story is really pretty amazing if you ever get the chance to hear them talk about it. Um, it's just really evidence of God's sovereignty and his faithfulness and his provision. They um, went to Guatemala not knowing anybody, not having a place to live, knowing very little of the language. And if you're a type A like me, you're thinking, what the heck? What were they doing? <laughs> um, but that is why you know that God was involved because he has just turned that into a really strong ministry and um, allowed people to know Jesus through them. So it's really cool to hear their story. Um, basically, they found out about the village of Los Chilitos um, through a casual acquaintance. And they started going to the village and trying to form relationships. And Mitch will tell you, Mitch was the guy in the video, you probably saw him, but he will tell you that he was super nervous and afraid. And he just bought some chicken and was like, will you eat some lunch with me? And they started forming relationships in just a really basic manner like that. Um, from there, they kind of started a Bible study. Uh, that Bible study was meeting in the homes of villagers, and it grew and it grew and it grew. And so they knew, yeah, we got to plan a church, and it kind of just naturally happened. So that is a bit about Mitch, Amanda, and Lucas. Um, we also have Cayetano and Vilma that are key in the village of Los Chilitos as far as being a global partner. Um, they are natives to the village of Los Chilitos, and um, Vilma started going to the Bible study that Mitch and Amanda host and, and was also hosting with them um, for the Bible study that they started. So she became a Christian through that Bible study, but Cayetano did not. And Cayetano will tell you, if you hear his story, that he was actually really angry that the Bible study was meeting in his home. Um, but God used the Bible study to help Cayetano know the saving grace of Jesus. And um, he became a Christian along with all five of his children. And so they are really integral to the ministry in Los Chilitos. So that is a bit about the leaders and the partners that we have in Los Chilitos. Um, also kind of want to help you to understand their ministry a little more and what's happening there right now. 
Um, so yeah, the church, obviously, we're going to start with that. Um, it is known as Christo Redentor Iglesia Evangelica, which is Christ the Redeemer Evangelical Church. And they began meeting in 2017. Um, they didn't have an official name then. They didn't have a building. They didn't have official leaders other than Mitch and Amanda, um, but they began meeting. And there's been lots happening over the last few years, lots of progress. Um, so first and foremost, like people have come to know Jesus, and they are actually now serving in the church, which is awesome. Um, in addition to that, they have done some deacon training, and they actually have different deacons in place. Like they have a deacon over worship, and they have a deacon over children's ministry, and they have a deacon over grounds. So they actually like have trained and put people in place. Um, they also have kind of progressed even with their building. So they have a building now. They have a dedicated space for children. They have a kitchen. They actually put a well on their property, and that just helps them to better serve needs in their community. Um, one of the latest things that has happened is that the ground has been excavated, which maybe sounds like, why is that necessary? But um, to Adam's point, it's kind of mountainous, and it's rocky and not level, and so it's hard to build and do things on the property if it's not level. So it just allows them to make better use of the space they have for ministry purposes and potentially expand. Um, one of the biggest things that happened is Cayetano, who I alluded to earlier. He's one of our global partners. He um, has been discipled and has studied and and grown. He actually completed the Acts 29 pastoral assessment, and he is now the lead pastor of the church. Um, and then finally, they, they got their official name just this year, and they actually secured ownership rights to the property where the church is located. So they have just been progressing a lot. Um, like our church, this church is in Acts 29 church. And so, like all Acts 29 churches, they want to plant churches. And so, um, that is kind of one of their big focuses right now, is to, to plant churches in near, nearby villages. So, to do that, they've actually started a church leader training cohort. And that kind of, just to kind of give you a background, there's the village of Los Chilitos, but then, like, all around Los Chilitos, there's other villages. And if you've been there, then you know about that a little bit. And you, you know that travel between villages isn't simple. Um, it's not like villages are crazy far away from each other, but the travel is rough. Like it's rough terrain, it's high heat, and, and the, really the only mode of transportation between villages for most people is walking. So um, they know that probably a lot of other villages aren't gonna end up coming to Los Chalitas for, ch for church. And they obviously want people to know Jesus, and they want people to have a way to grow in their faith. So they want to um, build churches in the nearby villages. Um, so this church leader training cohort is kind of their start to doing that. And basically what this looks like right now is four men that meet daily with Mitch and Cayetano and sometimes other leaders that come in, like Michael helped with this when we were there in May. And they are basically just taught, and they study. Um, they study the Bible. They study church leadership and church structure and doctrine. And they're basically just getting prepped and prepared to lead a church. Um, so, yeah, and they meet daily. It's a two-year program. It just started. And so the goal is that at the end of this program, they would 
form an elder board along with Mitch and Cayetano, and they would help to lead Los Chilitos, and then they would also plant another church in a nearby village called El Sauce. Um, one of the big needs for uh, Los Chilitos right now is this cohort, um, because all four of the men that are part of this program are actually financially supported by global partners like us. So um, it allows them to be able to focus on the program, but still be able to support their families. So um, we will give more information on how you can support that if you have a desire to, um, maybe in a Realm post later this week. Um, also, the church, like us, they also want to serve their community. And um, so one of the biggest ways they are doing that right now is through a child sponsorship program. So there's a lot of kids in the village, lots of kids, and there's lots of malnutrition as well. And so with the help of another global partner, um, we actually got to meet some of them in our May trip, um, but they have a global partner that's in Alaska. It's called Wasilla Bible Church. And with the help of that partner, they actually started this child sponsorship program. And the goal is really threefold. They want to um, provide nutrition where malnutrition exists, and then they want to invite the families and the kids to church. And they really just want to be generous and show care. So that's kind of the goal of the program. Um, how this looks is there is a online giving link, and you can sign up to sponsor a child for a $40 donation, and um, it's a monthly donation. That money is used to purchase school supplies as well as two weekly meals. And so the church incorporates this program into their regular rhythm. So they meet on Sunday mornings and they meet on Wednesday evenings. And before the gathering and during the gathering, there's volunteers that prepare a meal. And then they invite the kids and their families to stay after and they serve them this meal. Um, this is another big need right now in Los Chilitos. Um, I just talked to Mitch last week, and basically they have for sure 70 kids sponsored, but they have 100 or more coming. So it's another opportunity for you know, partners like us to give um, if we can. So again, we'll have more information on that. I'll probably put out a Realm post this week where you can um, have information if you wanted to give to that specific program. So that is a little bit about Los Chilitos. Um, like I mentioned before, we also have partners in Guatemala City. So I want to take some time to talk about them too. This is Ginder and Noemi Gonzalez, and they have been missionaries in Guatemala since 2018. They started their ministry in a small Mayan community in San Pablo. And what they found was the churches in San Pablo primarily taught prosperity gospel and salvation by works. And they also knew that the Mayans were really big into mysticism. And so Ginder and Noemi just felt really burdened to help people know the gospel. And so they felt a call to plant a church. Um, so they, they planted a church and it was actually a really big blessing. They had this local couple that joined them as leaders in their church. And this was a huge blessing because of hiccups with translation. So in the Mayan community, they spoke Mayan, Ginder and Noemi speak Spanish. So there was kind of a, a gap there. Um, so this couple kind of helped to bridge that gap and um, was able to help with translation. And so that church um, was able to serve their community in a lot of different ways. 
They had a lot of programs with kids, because again, the village has lots of kids. Um, they also did home visits a lot and just tried to care for people. And then they also had a discipleship group where they helped people to grow in their faith. So they were really able to be you know, instrumental in that community. Just this year, Ginder and Noemi have kind of gone through a transition. So they were given an opportunity to be a part of an Acts 29 residency with a church in Guatemala City. And they knew that this was a really awesome opportunity. Uh, they thought, like, yeah, this would be great. We can grow and learn. And, and yet, at the same time, they felt super hesitant about leaving San Pablo um, they felt really burdened still for the people and very passionate about their ministry there. So this was a really um, stressful and challenging time for them. Um, they just really were trying to labor over and pray over what God would have them to do. Um, through some time that happened, you know, over time basically, some changes happened with leaders in San Pablo. And as those changes happened, and as they began to pray more, they felt God maybe was calling them to this transition. And so... They have actually since started the Acts 29 residency, and that is supposed to be over in November. And the goal is that they would then be sent out, you know, to another mission field. And I know they are loving the Acts 29 residency. You know, we, we spent time with them in May, and they are growing. They're being mentored. They're a part of a healthy church community, and they're serving different capacities, but you can also tell that they are very anxious to get back on the mission field and just really passionate to share the gospel and plant churches, and so um, they will be ready um, in November for sure, and that is definitely something you can pray for them about as they kind of try to seek God's direction as, as, as to what's next. Um, so as you can see, there is lots happening with our global partners in Guatemala, and we definitely want to invite you all, just as you've been doing, um, to continue to support global missions. I just um, know as Deacon of Global Go that you guys are great about praying for us and supporting our fundraisers, and many of you have gone, and so I want to thank you that you support global missions for sure. And then we will also have more opportunities about how you can continue to support global missions. Um, Adam will kind of go over that as we close out our Global Go service. Um, but first, we're going to check out a video of our uh, 2023 trip highlights and then hear from some of the people that went on the trip. So check this out. Super cool. Uh, thanks to Tammy for putting that video together. There was a lot of scrambling going on, and she put that together. Nice job. It's really great. Uh, we thought it would be pretty cool just to have or to hear from folks that went on the last trip. Again, there's several of you guys that have uh, gone on trips before. I talked about the one I went on a couple years ago, um, but we'd love to just hear from those guys. So Kelly's gonna kick us off and then Phil and then Jose. And we just asked them to you know, share from their heart. What did they experience? How were they impacted? And anything they'd wanna share with the church. So I'll hand it over to you, Kelly. Great, thank you. Um, man, seeing those photos are really great. Um, it feels like we were there a very short time. I can't believe we did all of that in the span of just a few days. But my time in Guatemala was um, challenging at times, but mostly it was just very sweet. Um, uh, it was really wonderful to see how the Lord brings people together from all over to advance the gospel and to advance his name. And um, 
so Beth Jacob and I planned a very short VBS for the children um, in Guatemala. Uh, their school day goes half days, so we did that after they got out of school. And uh, we couldn't have put it on without help from our team and help from the other missionaries that were there with us in Guatemala. Um, Tammy kind of alluded to a couple from Wasilla Bible Church in Alaska, and their names were Tom and Lila. Uh, Noemi and Lila helped us by reading the Bible stories for the VBS and with translation. Um, I know about 500 words of Spanish, and I promptly forgot all of them <laughs> as soon as we landed. So. Um, yeah, I couldn't have done it without them. But one other really cool thing that Lila um, did with the kids in Los Chilitos, um, she had brought some ukuleles from Alaska, and she started teaching the kids um, songs on the ukulele. So it was really joyful to see them um, play for the Lord and sing to the Lord and uh, just how happy that made them. It was really great. Um, and then when Lila left, Delmi, the worship leader, she took over that ukulele uh, program, I guess, um, children's music program. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing and hearing how much better they get on their ukuleles. But really, I, um, I just saw the Lord working through the women in Los Chilitos. There's another missionary that has just started working with Cayetano in the church in Los Chilitos. Her name is L Lily. Um, you saw her on one of those pictures, but she kind of gathered the wives of the men that are in that um, de the deacon cohort that Tammy was talking about, and they were just meeting to see how they could pray for each other and support each other and talking about the needs of the church and how they could meet them. Um, and one of of those ways that they meet the needs of their communities is through that child sponsorship program, which we were lucky enough to be able to participate in when we were there. We um, cooked spaghetti on Sunday and we cooked burgers on Wednesday. And you would think that those would be easy things to make, but when you're making them for over a hundred children, um, I don't know if you've ever cooked for that magnitude, but it is not easy. It is really difficult. And so it's a really, it's a labor of love that those women um, do that when there's no groups there to help. So um, yeah, it was amazing and beautiful, but I think it's really cool that they, um, they feed children that come whether they're sponsored or not. So I definitely would encourage you to look into that if the Lord is leading you. Um, there was a time on Wednesday when I just thought putting burgers together, you know, because it's nutrition based as well. So we wanted them to have like lettuce and tomato. And I thought, there's, we don't have any more room. There's no room to put any more burgers at all, but somehow we worked it out. So um, yeah. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks. Yeah, we made a lot of burgers. Um, I think, you know, it was cool to go and have a limited level of Spanish knowledge, um, which I feel like 
I undersell because I feel like I don't know what's going on, but I understood a lot um, when I was there. Um, and it was cool to like that first day we went to the Sunday service and hear songs that I've heard, but then to hear the, the words that sounded a lot different, but meant exactly the same thing. And just to know that there's people all over the world singing and worshiping the same God that, that I do is just, it's just mind blowing. Um, I think for me, um, getting to know Cayetano um, was really cool. I had, from my understanding, there really hadn't been anybody at the village that had spoke Spanish um, that had gone down there before. So like Cayetano's, the relationships we had always were through translators or through text messages, through Google Translate or whatever. But it was just cool to talk to him in his native language because he doesn't know any English. Um, just what a cool guy he is and what a joyful man he is. Um, and knowing, and I was going to share some of Cayetano's story, but Tammy beat me to that punch. But um, just to know that story and how angry he was, but like to know how joyful he is now, like that's all jesus and the gospel so it's just incredible to see that church and just the roots that the gospel has taken into that community um to the point just talking to mitch um like mitch could leave tomorrow and that church would still be strong and and really do well so um and that's really the ultimate goal is is succession and and trying to really help establish something, um, be rooted in the gospel and just kind of take off and that'll be there for generations to come. So it was a really cool experience from that perspective. Well, hello, my name is Jose and um, I'm thankful to be here. Thank you to share my experience with you guys. I actually felt like I was more connected with them because I kind of look a little bit like them. I have the same culture as them and I was, uh, the age difference here is a little bit of a gap. I'm 23 and I felt like they, the knowledge that the people around me had to where I had, I felt like a toddler. So I felt like they He's calling were us just, old. We're old. <laughs> Now, um, and just that alone was for me a big experience. And then them just to help me in the process, because like they shared, Cayetano had a bad experience of being a different person. And I so did as well. About a year ago, I was totally different. I had a different mindset about everything that I got and was because of how it works. And I think that was the biggest thing that I've learned in Guatemala was that just the Lord and how uh, happy and joyful it is to glorify him and just to share the gospel to one, every one of us, even people that look different, you know, and I, uh, I'm so thankful that they were here and it, it was a smaller group and I am actually more thankful than that because I needed a lot of uh, just teaching and just knowledge and they were so, I mean, everybody had a perfect job you know everybody like i seen um kelly with the kids phil cooking 100 burgers me trying to translate with uh pastor michael about uh 
the guys that are trying to become deacons and stuff. It was really hard, but at the same time, I really liked it. And I honestly want to go there again and I honestly want to stay there much longer um, just to get um, helped and just more knowledge of the gospel and stuff. So um, thank you again for having me. And yep, that's about it. Guess mind giving them a round of applause. I'm going to transition us. So. Thanks, guys, for doing that. Uh, it's always a gift to get to hear from folks. It's one thing for me to stand up here and, and, and talk theoretically about, you know, how we think about missions and, you know, what that looks like kind of in my own head. It's another thing for folks to get to come up and share, like, their real experiences and how they were impacted by that uh, trip. But then I know that they're also impacting uh, the work that's going on down there as well. A couple of things I want to invite you guys uh, into as we, as we close our time together. There should be a slide on this, and Tammy hit on it. I hit on it a little bit, but just want to emphasize uh, just a few things. One, that you can pray. Uh, in Colossians chapter 1, so I think it was just last week, we kicked off, or two weeks ago, we kicked off that series. And, and Paul, and we have many other examples of Paul praying for the churches. He says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, when we pray for you. Are you and do you pray for the church? Certainly here uh, in this local context, if you're plugged in and you're a member or you've been with us any time, but man, are, do, do we expand beyond that? And are we praying for these churches that we're supporting and have partnerships with in Guatemala? So you can pray. Number two, you can give. Um, again, Tammy hit on uh, several of these, but I'll, I'll call out uh, maybe three. One is around the child sponsorship program. So, you know, could you be considering that and maybe specifically support someone that we're connected to here at the village and have a partnership with too is that leadership cohort? Uh, and then three, maybe just generally, if you just want to give. If you have questions about that stuff, again, Tammy will put something out on Realm. You can visit myvillagechurch.com front slash missions and we'll put some information out there around that too. If you have questions about anything that was shared, I'll be in the back. Maybe Tammy will be in the back and you can ask those questions uh, even this morning. And then lastly, you can go. I don't know if you feel like, you know, no way could I ever go to Guatemala and this is, but, or you're like, yeah, sign me up. But if you're on either extreme, uh, at least start asking, asking those, those questions. There's going to be, we're targeting to have a uh, what did we call it? A pre-huddle or interest huddle uh, in the fall. So be looking out for that. There'll be an interest huddle. And that's just you can come and maybe ask questions, uh, get to know what it could look like and what's expected there. And then the trip itself, we're planning to go June again, June 2024. So look out for that interest huddle um, and then the, the scheduling of the future trip. I want to invite the band to come on up. Chair won't get in your way here. Uh, as, we, as we transition uh, from kind of the Global Go Sunday focus, there's just a couple things that I just want to remind us and, and call us into, and that is what we have been rescued from and what we have been rescued for. Uh, we've been saved uh, by Jesus. We've been forgiven for our sins uh, to be sent on mission to bring this gospel uh, to bring this saving grace that we've received uh, to the world. And so I want to remind us of that this morning, that we're to be missionaries and to witnesses of the gospel that we've been saved by. Um, and if that's true for you this morning, uh, then as we begin to sing, you can reflect on those things. Again, anything you heard, um, 
repent of any sin that may be in your heart, reconcile with anyone in the room, and then we offer you to come up and have communion. It's the body and the blood of Jesus. If you're not in Jesus, if you don't know him or you haven't trusted him, then, then this time isn't for you. The communion's not for you, but Jesus is for you, and we'd love to talk to you about him this morning. Again, I'll be in the back. Welcome to come, ask questions, or pray with me. Uh, there'll be some reflection questions on the screen. Turn it back over to the band.